0: This is not the sound of a stream running through the mountains. It's water from a leaking pipe trickling down a stairway. That's not a frog splashing into a lake. It's a piece of sheetrock falling into a puddle on a kitchen floor. And that's not a hiker taking a deep breath of mountain air. It's a homeowner gasping at the sight of a $12,000 water damage repair bill. 40% of homeowners have experienced water damage. Protect your home with the Moen Smart Water Monitor and Shutoff.
1: now eight years later after saying that it wasn't evidence-based and wasn't needed you're saying it is why should voters still stick with you over this we realize it's the right time to step up and how much of what you're announcing today is to appease your own caucus um this is about canadians this is about the people that i've met across the country it's about the people our, our our mps have spent the summer with talking with who are worried uh, about paying rent, about finding an apartment, about being able to buy a home. This is something that all Canadians are worried about. And it's something that we made a decision in 2015. We would reverse from the previous Conservative government that got out of the business of housing.
0: Lots to go through in the announcements this week. And uh, that was uh, Mr. Trudeau kind of having to explain, well, where have you been for eight years? What you been doing? And the idea of removing GST from uh, new construction of rental units is a good idea. But this is something that was promised in 2015, and then it just never came. I mean, this government kept saying, yeah, no, it's it's not evidence-based. Don't worry. We're not going to do it. We don't need it. But when you look at it, as much as 20% of the total cost for a rental project is fees that have to be uh, paid before the construction even starts – And we've had inflation driving up building costs. Let me tell you, wood is very expensive. Everything is expensive. And the GST, the 5%, is charged on the fair market value of the project. That's all gone up. So developers are going to welcome this news, although they probably could have done a lot more with it faster if it was done before. But now the Ford government, which has been asking for this to happen for over a year, they've waived the HST. So we are getting action. But... At the municipal level, if we don't get barriers removed, like the red tape, the bureaucrats just get out of the way of approving permits and zoning and development fees and all that stuff, the shovels won't get in the ground the way we need them to. Jennifer Kiesma is a Canadian urban planner, pardon me, former chief city planner of Toronto and now CEO of Marquee Development. Good to have you. Great to be here. Uh, I, I take it an announcement like this. Probably went over pretty well in your office on the Thursday.
1: Well, it went it went over very well. This is something we've been advocating for for many years, as many others have as well. And look, a lot of projects went on ice over the course of this summer. Higher interest rates—you know—you kind of nailed it in in your notes in the introduction, which is there's a lot of costs that go into a project at the front end that get really hard to carry when interest costs when interest rates go up so looking for some relief on that has the impact on some projects of making them viable when they weren't viable before so the timing here you know of course it would have been great if this happened five years ago but the timing right now is really critical we've been dusting off our performance over the past two days and saying okay Uh, What projects can we get back into the construction pipeline, which is exactly what needs to happen?
0: Right. And you would know uh, front and center uh, just how much bureaucracy gets in the way of getting shovels in the ground. Um, I mean, we're paying the price for it now. Having said all that, are there projects, uh, Jennifer, that have been canceled or shelved that may be revived um, as far as buildings that they might say, well, let's not build a condo, let's get into rental because they know that they can cover their costs and still build?
1: that's exactly it and look one of the things that's powerful about removing the gst is that it doesn't involve any bureaucracy you don't need to create a new program um gst is paid through a waiver at the end of the process so you just change the waiver so you know there's there's no big process involved in doing it it's a very straightforward thing to do and the strange part here is that you know we've been banging drums about municipal approvals for many years But we have projects right now Mm -hmm. that are already approved. So they've gone through the whole rigmarole of the rezoning process um, at the municipal level. But now they're sitting on a shelf because Mm -hmm. the math doesn't work. And so, you know, we had a project yesterday that um, one of our very first ones that we thought was a good candidate that we took a look at that we are building as a condo. It's a tower just around 30 story tower right on the subway. And we were making that project a condo in part because you can address those upfront costs when you build a condo because, of course, you get the deposit before you begin construction. And that deposit is used to fund your construction financing. Well, with this announcement of the GST being removed, we had to ask the question, does it tip us over from a viability perspective? Can we now make this project a purpose-built Rental building, right. and we can. So that's one specific project. But I've been hearing from my colleagues straight across the country; they're doing the same thing. They're going back and looking at their project yeah. and seeing if this now makes the math work.
0: Well, yeah, they, they've got to they've got to do something. And and certainly um, one of the other areas, because when you look at and I didn't realize this because um, there's a lot to building a place and all that goes into it. We're talking couple hundred thousand dollars in fees and permit fees and development fees and all the rest of it. So that gets put on to the buyer eventually, but the developer shoulders that. And, you know, John Tory, he he was one of the people that voted in favor of raising things like development fees. Is City Hall in a position, Jennifer, to, to ease those kinds of things? I mean, I know they're desperate for money, but um, I think they're going to have to play a role if they want to expedite building because- you know, in Trudeau's announcement, which mirrors Pierre um, a policy where you get rewarded for infrastructure, like if you build the housing, Ottawa will tie funding to it. So, so it's in Olivia Chow and every municipal mayor to build as much as possible because they get more money from the feds. Um, and so having said that, what else needs to go? Is it the development fees need to come down? What else would, would get it going?
1: Well, look, this is the challenge. In a low interest rate environment, sure, raise the development fees because developers are able to borrow money at mm. a very low cost to get their projects off the ground. But, of course, that's changed. So now we have a problem. You know, policy is always reactive. Yeah the development charges were raised, and now you're absolutely right. When you take the GST, when you take the development charges, when you take the property taxes, and you add all of that, you lob that onto the cost of new construction, it's essentially a poison pill. Mm. If you think about it, developers will build housing if they can make the math work. There's an insatiable amount of demand. Mm. The reason developers are putting their pencils down and not building is because the math doesn't work. So let's go back to development charges. There are some whispers around Queens Park about finding a different way of funding infrastructure than development charges. Mm-hmm. So, you know, development charges have kind of been used as a stand-in for avoiding raising property taxes. So we've basically said, look, we don't want to raise property taxes, so instead of raising property taxes, we're going to put all these charges for infrastructure onto the building of new housing and yes there was a period in time where that you know it sort of worked i would argue it never worked perfectly but it sort of worked right now it is having an astronomically detrimental effect on getting new housing built so you know queens park now has in on their balance sheet if they were to say look we're going to make up the cost of development charges municipalities will no longer charge development charges instead the provincial government is going to fund new infrastructure for being able to deliver new housing supply. You know, it's a few, what is it, a few billion dollars? That's not a problem for the provincial government to fill that gap. That would be the next key step in being able to make it viable for more people to be building more housing. Because we're just, we're so incredibly behind.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the CHMC, just, just with what they said on Wednesday saying, no, 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 we need at least three and a half million homes by 2030. And we're, no, we're nowhere near that. Like, we are nowhere near that. You've got London, which just got, you know, part of the accelerated uh, building uh, fund. Like, that's only 2,000 houses. And that's not for middle class. Like, that's for supportive housing for maybe the lower income homeless. But in your mind, when you hear this announcement, you know, um, and there is a lot of politics at play, What's the reasonable then expectation? Because the concern I think most have is like, when's it arriving? And I think people's expectations have to be measured, Jennifer, because there's so much stress right now and there's so much need that if people don't start seeing results quickly,
1: um, I'm not sure what happens. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I do think our response needs to be measured. This is a step. Um, It is a part of a much bigger shift in how we're approaching policy around housing It is a step. It's a critical step. It's a sea change as much as the government, uh, all governments at all levels in Canada have done a really crummy job of addressing our need for Mm -hmm. rental housing specifically. You know, our peak for building rental housing was back in the 70s. -hmm. Look at how much we're growing right now. And let's face it, newcomers, young people uh, which is where our growth is located, they're not arriving and buying a million-dollar home. They're arriving and needing access to rental housing, and yet we haven't been building rental housing. Right. So there's this massive gap. Uh, we need to build twice as much housing as we've ever built in our peak period, that peak being back in the 1970s. So to your point about being measured, look, this is a gargantuan task for giving the GST is in my mind, it's a signal that the federal government is going to kind of stop focusing primarily on incentives for home ownership, which really didn't get us anywhere and is now going to focus on driving rental supply. Because, look, if you're not building more homes, you're not going to solve the problem. So we need incentives to get builders building and building at a scale that they've never built before.
0: Right. And we do need a wartime effort. And we did get that after the war, uh, when we had all those wartime homes go up very, very quickly, but they were able to do that because they basically took everything off the table and got out of the way. And I don't know, I don't know if we have the capability um, in in today's bureaucracies to do that, but we, that, I think that is essentially what we do need right now.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because there's a really big, um, there's a really big bureaucracy problem here, which is why the GST is such an easy win because it doesn't involve a new program. It doesn't involve more bureaucracy but you know there's there's so many things that need to be fixed for example our building code mm-hmm. we have we've been layering and layering and layering on more and more requirements in our building code in places like western europe where they've been able to build a tremendous number of 6 to 8 story buildings really really quickly in the existing urban fabric of a city yeah. they don't have the same kind of requirements that we have around you know, the size of stairwells and the number of stairwells going into a building. So our building code has also become, you know, kind of chock-a-block with all kinds of requirements. Again, that's something the province needs to fix. They've got to fix the building code so that we can build, uh, like is being done in other parts of the world, we can build high-quality missing middle buildings.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, one of the biggest wasted opportunities is that Eglinton line. I don't know how it got approved, um, but they don't have one building along that transit line. And it's uh, frankly criminal. uh, Well, the
1: important thing to know about that is that uh, I was the chief planner when we did the approval for that. And the development industry said to us, give us as of right permissions and we will build buildings. So we did the largest rezoning in the history of the city at once. And we rezoned the entire corridor for between eight and 12 stories. So the corridors actually rezoned. And that just shows you that the math doesn't work because why aren't developers showing up and building that housing? The math doesn't work. There's other complexities.
0: Nonetheless, there's going to be a lot of will needed to do this, but uh, I appreciate the context from you.
1: Uh, my my pleasure. There's going to be a lot more conversations that are needed to, um, as you say, to kind of manage converse, uh, expectations, but also to drive forward all the other initiatives that are also needed to change access to housing. Indeed.
0: All right. We'll see if that talk is turned into action. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. That is Jennifer Kiesmat, who is in the development business now, but certainly uh, knows the ins and outs as a former chief city planner for the City of Toronto.